If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. Uh, what do you do? That's the great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Hello. It's Oh, hi. Theo. Oh my god. <laughs> this is supposed to be a serious episode. Okay. Um it's um it's Teen. Um Top 5. Okay, so last episode we did the we're doing the New Year special. This is part 2. So last time we talked about the other I guess top 10 to f- 10 to 6. So we were talking about you know, our, our highest episodes. We talked about what were the highest episodes in the the ones we covered last one, you know, everything to do with the cynic stuff, pretty much, and Haru. So let's talk about top five. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets good, man. Numero Socrates, Socrates and Antistenes. Number five, Socrates and Antistenes. Antistenes. Okay, so pretty much Antistenes. We pretty much. Okay, this is a very academic episode. This was very long. We were pretty much saying that Antisthenes never taught Diogenes. And that's prob- and a lot of people, when they talk about Diogenes, they say Antisthenes taught him. But he's just a big fat phony. No, he existed. It's just like none of like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ant- Antisthenes existed. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gaslighting people. No, but he put it okay. So it's a fat phony that the, you know why they did it though. So the whole the the whole speculation of why they say Antisthenes um, was the teacher of Diogenes was because they wanted a direct correlation with with Socrates, the great philosopher of ethics, with the cynics. Whereas that doesn't exist. It exists in the sense that hey, like they he probably read about Socrates, he knew about him, and he was inspired by him. They're trying to give the credit to Socrates. Yeah, but it's not even just, but just linking them, like because he wants a nice succession, like as in Socrates taught Antisthenes, Antisthenes taught Diogenes, Diogenes taught. You don't necessarily. Yeah, the thing is, you don't necessarily have to be taught. You could still be influenced. Definitely influenced, but I I know for a fact he might he he should have. So, so it's like, but I think what, what they I'm care so, so much about that direct. But tie. they want they want a lineage, as in like my grand. It's kind of like yeah. in martial arts, like oh my grandmaster taught his grandmaster and his grandmaster taught me. You know that's yeah. how it was back then. Maybe it's more idyllic. That's why it sounds more idyllic, and that was like it's almost like propaganda, as in that oh yeah this is the tie our philosophy because Stoics the Stoics they wanted a lineage. Not only with the cynics, but with Socrates to make it sound like, hey, this is our school. Mm. We descend straight from Socrates himself. We were a great school. Come to our meetings. And it's on like the pamphlet. And it, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up because Diogenes, the ages and the time periods and the fact that the, th- the stuff that Antisthenes would have taught him has nothing to do with cynicism. His, his gymnasium has the school that he taught at was called the White Dog. Right, because of, but it has nothing to do with Diogenes. Diogenes, yeah, never oh. spoke about Antisthenes. Oh, yeah. The white dog. The white dog. That's, that's no a dog. That's a dog whistle. No comment. That's a dog whistle. <laughs> but anyway, um, I get so that the, the thing is, Socrates did teach Antisthenes. Antisthenes was um his teacher, his direct his direct teacher, and he apparently after he was killed, um. 
and we never actually got to this after not yeah well he committed suicide by poisoning himself you know the ritualistic martyrdom of the philosopher um yeah xenophon his student his other teacher is like sibling student they they wanted to get revenge it's like hey this guy why you know he just uh, he was questioning democracy because he he thought of a republic being better. Okay, there's many reasons why they why they killed him, but also because of the teachings. He he was pretty much the main thing that um pissed off the government at that time was that he was teaching something that was essentially reincarnation that the soul lives on, and that many gods don't exist. And they're like, okay, you're that's heretics. You cannot teach stuff that is influencing children and kids and saying that the soul exists and that there's you're immortal and that it lives on you're reincarnated essentially and that the, the gods don't exist and they're phonies like that's a big no-no and then he was like hey he was just using his freedom of speech you know he was influencing me influencing people but hey is he saying you can tap into your past lives i don't know i don't know to what extent he would say that i don't think he, i don't think he said reincarnation he just said like the soul lives on that kind of thing. I don't know what he means by that, but I haven't I haven't read it. I just know about the book. It's called um, Memorabilia by Xenophon, and it's uh, the Socratic problem. You know what the Socratic problem is? He never wrote anything down, Socrates. So mm-hmm. we only know about Socrates through his his students, through Antisthenes and Xenophon. Xenophon spoke, wrote a book about him, about like, what what like he taught. Jesus? Yeah, exactly, pretty much. He's pretty much the Jesus of philosophy in a sense. No, really, he is. He's uh, he sacrificed himself for the cause. He said, "I'm a dying philosopher. I'm a dying questioning things." That's blasphemy, but I'll keep going. And he killed himself. <laughs> a, little diff- he, a little different ending. And then he died. <laughs> he died for our sins. He died for the um, philosophy <laughs> sins. The sins of philosophy. But okay, so um, I don't know. But it, pretty much, Antisthenes. That's all propaganda. I, I, there's a lot of evidence. I just don't think Antisthenes was the student of Diogenes. I just don't think so. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't add up. And that, I said it on that episode. That's the whole thing. I don't want to talk about it because it's a long episode. A lot of it has to do with the teaching. You know, the, the There are some cynic um, st- scholars. There's a lot for stoicism, but not for cynicism. Um, and they're, they're in the, the description. You can read them, read their books. And they talk about it in depth, but that's a popular episode because I think, yeah, it has it has to do with the cynics and not not just the cynics, the main ones, the main ones. After I mean, in the future, I mean, if we had the all all the time in the world, and I could dedicate my time to understand, you know, reading their stories and their philosophies and all that, then I would make a video. But we just don't, so that's what's, why I kind of st- we kind of stopped because it takes a lot of reading. What's the uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, philosophers? Of all philosophers, I would think it's uh, Socrates is up there, Friedrich Nietzsche, Rousseau, um, and then the other two would be probably like, who else? It's, I don't know, maybe um, Seneca? Marcus Aurelius? Again, they're all from different philosophies from different ages. Okay, <laughs> and someone wants to put more Karl Marx. But I'm, you know, all I'm, all I'm gonna say is the feels versus the reels. You know, the feels versus the reels. Dialectical materialism. Damn man. Um, 
You're gonna get you're gonna get some hate for that. I'm getting the commies. <laughs> <laughs> my my mom comes from a former communist country, so I can say this. I can I can <laughs> I can talk bad about communism. No, not former communism, but they were trying to implement socialism. And my dad. Um. So, anyways, um. That is Antisthenes. Um, that we can go on the next episode. We can go on number four. Number four. Ideology should not. But should I only should, should not define you? I, I knew that. This one. <laughs> this one. Oh wait, wait. By the way, the last one, last episode, I forgot to mention. We we talked about Socrates. Also, I think when he was young and he was a veteran, he was in wars. I think Antisthenes may have fought with him too. Maybe not. But anyway, I just thought it was an interesting um, thing. But um, ideology should not define you. I really think it shouldn't. We talked about this. It's a popular episode for a reason. Because, hey, ideology is like, it's nice to have ideologies. It's nice to have ideas and impl- and policies and want to implement them. But if it consumes you to the point where you become radical and you can't even function like properly without, function properly as in able to hear other people's opinions. Without... Like malfunctioning. <laughs> Not even <laughs> that, but it's just like out. this being so dogmatic to the point where you can't find compromise with people anymore. Like you're that extremist. I, I, what I'm trying to say too is that actions should define you. Actions. Even if you, what I mean by that is like, e- if you have an ideology, even that, even if I think I don't agree with the ideology, ideology at least act upon it. And I might, you might have a little bit more respect. Like, if you believe in this and you actually do something, even if I don't agree with it, I'm like, I can at least give you this. Like, damn, you actually did it, you know? That's what I'm trying to say. Ideology should not define you. Your actions should. And that was the whole point of the cynic philosophy, that you do work, you know? You don't just talk. You actually, you walk the walk, talk the talk. A dog has bark and bite, you know? That I, I'm I'm trying to now I'm I'm kind of thinking like ideology should not define you, but also ideology should not be dogmatic either. It shouldn't be super dogmatic to the point where it's like that's just my personal opinion. I think some people are like, no, if you want true change, you need to the incrementalization doesn't work. You need to actually do something, right? Because again, we talked we spoke about this. It's like, what if you're in a position where you can't compromise and you have to. It's like some people let ideas supersede um, nature almost. That makes sense. Go on. <laughs> like the way you, you you said that, but <laughs> it's like you can't. Ideologies are not. Um, Would you you said something interesting this morning when I was talking to you? It's like, oh no, that was that was something to do with TikTok. Never mind that. It was more about the the quality of the ideology, where it's like TikTok should not. They're, be- they're kind of taken as being perfect. Sometimes, oh. to where you have to defend every aspect of it. Well, and that's they're like, yeah, that's dogmatism. Yeah, that's dog- dogmatism. So it's yeah. like you can't. There's no fault. It can't have a fault. Well, it's almost, and also, if you have the moral high ground, that justifies anything. That's a very dangerous um, ideology to have. I was telling my dad this morning, it's like, the people who think black and white and heroes and villains, like, that is... It's to where you'll attack 
people for having normal human behavior. Oh yeah, exactly. It's not it's everyone like, cuz not everyone like, not everyone's a political junkie. You it, think you're going to get uh, that's what but here's the thing with You want to uh, this is, it's like when you take ideology to that extent making it a part of your identity, you want to swoop everyone into it. But for the extremists, the radicals, like the the fringe minority, they 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 are self-aware and they know that most most normal people who aren't ideologues like they're irrelevant because if they want to do change, like kind of like the protests the protests, whether you agree with not the BLM ones over the over the the summer, they ended up getting the the the, the police defunded and they got the bail reforms. In some places, they still in, in intact, so they in a way won even despite the majority of the people not not agreeing with the um, the violent outcomes of the protests. They agree with the message, it's not the actual outcome of like the the, the mean, property destruction and all the people who died. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I think they're I think they're self aware that they know that. That's the thing that's dangerous about I mean, some it's, of those. This is a debate. I would argue they lost overall. No, I mean they they pointed the needle a bit. If you know what I mean. Yeah. They didn't do much, but they still dis. There's an effect. You can you can argue, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that they did a hu- they have a huge win. I'm just saying that that despite <laughs> they still did have an impact. You know an interesting thing, uh, the whole like Chaz Chop situation up Wh- in Seattle. What about it? That the mayor Jenny Durkin, she had drafted legislation to hand over the police precinct to BLM. Like she was ready to do it. You got a sauce for that? You got some sores? Yeah, yeah. I mean, po- <laughs> I want to see that, man. I'm curious. I'll have to find it. I mean, if you're talking, I can probably pull it up. Okay. Well, um. Yeah, that's the uh, that episode got a lot of views. Surprisingly, I didn't think it was gonna get a lot. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that ideology is good, but just don't let it define you. Have actions, have hobbies, have fun. You'll live a normal life. Somebody, I'm just saying, not everybody who's an ideologue is like that. But the people who are political junkies, yep. like this is not healthy. This you is- need to actually do. You know, don't destroy your relationships. Don't destroy your friendships. Don't destroy your health. I mean, I know your cause seems important, but you still have to focus a bit on your health at least, you know? Mrs. Yahoo. Okay. We'll send it. Send it in the chat, and then um, we'll talk about it some other day. But, um, yeah, that was the episode. Ideology should not define you. Very, a very popular episode. That is um, number four. Okay, let's do number, number three. three. Is it psychedelics? Psychedelics. <laughs> I don't know which part it was. Let me see which one it is. Um, we d- okay. We talked about psychedelics like two times. So we did. First, we did the uh, we did shrooms. The second one part we did. We talked about like, kind of the Jungian aspect and like, something of that nature. But anyway, psychedelics was crazy because, um, we did psychedelics. It was a crazy experience. Uh, I never forgot about it. Um, I'd like to... We're, okay, we fucked up. We could have done better. We could have made the, the experience better, more spiritual, you know, get a better better location, you know, get a better... You know, obviously don't eat a freaking buffet before, you know, get better ramen too. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that it was a crazy experience. Crazy, spiritual, very impactful. I mean, it's probably also better... Like getting into it to 
like micro dose and not, micro just, dose? Like, not go all out with like a hero dose just to well we did two grams so that was like higher than average hero dose would have been even crazier what, that was hero was like three so i think yeah it's something around there no yeah i think sometimes but it's like pretty much diving into the deep end i wouldn't recommend well that that's how they <sighs> how they do ayahuasca what they do is they give you a little bowl and they start like you get start sending you into it. Like the second day they give you half of it. The third day they give you a full cup. Oh yeah. Like that's how they you know you get to like accumulate yourself. We w- we dived in right away. Because yeah, cuz it it can upset a lot of people's stomach. It's common to puke. But not it, just that. I think also um if you want to enjoy it and have a also it's mentality though. As Max said himself, it's like there is no good trip. It's just riding the trip. That's what he was trying to say. There is never really... A, I mean, there was a good... Ex- and in the beginning, it's not actually the trip. It's just like the... um, It's starting to kick in. That's what I thought was fun. And that's why I got cocky. Because I was like, hey, it's so easy. This is so fun, you know? And then I'm like, oh my God. I'm, wait a minute. It's getting a bit dark. As in, it's getting heavier. And then I lost control. And then I was fighting against it. And you have to ride the wave. I'm not good at riding the wave. I think a lot of it has to do with the the mental state I'm in. You know, true. Th- things that is very true. Things can like take a turn very quickly in your in your head <laughs> while you're tripping. A lot of it has to do with environment and the people you know, and then also your state of mind. Very very important. I think state of mind is the most important. State of mind is very important, but it didn't help that it, the, the couch was so <laughs> uncomfortable. That just made... And there was no fresh air. That just made the experience more uncomfortable. Maybe doing it in the daytime would be more be- would be better as well. They could do it in the daytime when you have a, like a backyard and you have trees. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like just out and about. Uh, yeah, but daytime would probably be pretty cool. Yeah, because I think at night it's also you, you do get a little freaked out because you're like, oh, man, what if, you know, someone I make too much noise or yeah, th- then I wake up the neighbor it's or... It's very easy to feel paranoid. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, no, what if... And then it's funny because I almost ran out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, yeah, not a cool spot to run out, man. I mean, you would have... I'm surprised <laughs> nobody complained about that. No, but anyway, it's like there's a lot to learn because it was the first time. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to experience. I'm interested in uh, peyote. I'm interested in peyote in the, the, the American Native American church. Native American church, yeah. It's pretty similar, right? The ele- um, It's more chill. It's a beginner uh, psychedelic. Uh, the shrooms are a bit more like mid-tier. And peyote is for people who want to function, but still having like the enjoyment of it, you know? Whereas like the shrooms, they take over you more. It's not a passive. It's not passive. It's active. Like you're in it. You know what I mean? Like you can't really function as much unless you take a small amount. But again, yeah, um, I'm interested in peyote because of that. And, you know, I, I maybe it might be boring after doing this. But I think, again, it's mentality, how to control it. And um, I think I'd want to do it, bef- you know, when it's sunnier. When it's spring, we got a, a good place to go to. Maybe do it in Hawaii with Mac. That'd be cool. So, I think, yeah, most important factors... Your state of mind. Hopefully, you don't have anything like stressing you out in life at the time. That's 
good chance you'll have a bad trip just because your mind will go to places that you can't control. You also sometimes maybe having a trip sitter might help too. Yeah, yeah. If you're that, if you're that, if you're that, <laughs> definitely. If you're that paranoid, you know about it, like, hey, have someone there who can. I mean, when you were you were like a lot, you know, when I did the edibles and you were kind of my trip sitter because you had done it before. I've never, I had never done it. I mean, I'd done it a second time, but still, you know, like that that one hit me a lot harder. It's the worst thing is I guess it's gonna be paranoia. Paranoia I get, can be really bad. And you'll again you'll you, panic, you but you have to, to find a way to say, "Hey, this is not real. This is not real." You know, kind of like you know a mantra, and it's, like controlling it. That's fighting it, though. I think you got to go back to what Max said. You ride the wave. Well, I'm that yes, yeah, I'm saying yeah. Because if you're saying it's not real, this isn't happening. It's not. It's like you're. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's true. Kind of like tensing up against the whole experience. You have to surrender yourself to the void. You don't want to like be in a battle you just want to like yeah and i had a battle oh, this is cool i can go like okay might be that's kind of weird or that, that's a little dark but like, and and it's hard to do that man to lose control the ego death the ego death is very scary yeah it's like you're right you're just going through the wave you're going through the wave and it's it's gonna everything that makes you you I mean, it's very you'll, hu- you'll end up back on shore i can see why <laughs> so a lot of the people who do shrooms they end up becoming a lot more passive because you become more humble and you're like what makes you you, your identity, your knowledge, your intelligence, your state of your consciousness, it all goes away. And it sounds like hippie dippy shit, what I'm trying to say, but it's very scientific. As in, you are losing your sense of self. Your, what makes you you. Yes. And I that's agree. very scary. Cause it's like, it reminds you of that episode of um, that uh, episode, um, HAL 9000. Do you remember when they were killing, they were plugging him out in Space Odyssey? Oh, yeah. And it's like, Dave, I am afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, and he was like singing the song. You know why he was singing the song, right? Because they were te- that was probably the first thing he learned. That was his most infant state as a computer, uh, which you. is really like sad if you think about it. It's like, like they're killing him. And he, they're, ki- rhyme. they're nursing like he's like dying, and that's like his most intelligent form is nine nine how nine thousand is like as he's slowly dying, like the you know the circuits are being pulled out and. All that, like he's re- getting reversed to like it's the ego death for a computer, and he's becoming like the most rudimentary um, form of 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 the intellect, I guess if you had, if you can say so, you know what is the first thing we learn in programming? You say hello world, right? And that's kind of sad. Like you're seeing him like lobotomized almost. It's like if you're lobotomizing someone's like. You know, it's kind of it's kind of sad, and that's like not saying that's what happens to you when you. I don't want to scare people when I say that, but I'm saying is like you pushing robot rights over here, right? (laughs) You're gonna be an advocate, (laughs) robot lawyer. I mean, you're lobotomizing (laughs) him essentially. (laughs) Would it? Would it? Does it make it sound sad when I say it though? No, I don't care about robots. (laughs) You'd be one. You'd be the one to survive. (laughs) Would I? Or die actually. I for one welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's pretty much like I'm not saying you're getting lobotomized. That's actually a very harsh term. I would say you're just losing. I mean, don't, yeah. I mean, don't you, turn me off. My phone telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's it's scary, but it's like when you when you understand how to ride the wave, and I think I think that translates to real life in a way. Because if you can do that. You can have control of that. 
It's like you know how we were talking about the the kingship, the kingship as in being able to control yourself. That's like controlling your fear in a way. Yeah, and like it is pretty because it is scary. I even I I am humble you, enough to say I can probably not do that. I I would have to try again and have it. You kind of dove more into it more than most people. You know, like shrooms is like if that's like the first thing you do. Pretty much, almost for you. If shrooms is like your first experience, that's tough. Yeah, because it's so different. Even with like, and by the way, I'm not somebody who is stoner four twenty. I never smoke ever. I barely, like, barely, barely. And it's like also, um, I'd be curious though, where like Mac has a lot more experience, where he progressed as far as getting to. Using shrooms. Yeah, because some people know it down to a science, and they can control it in a, in a way. That's interesting. Mm, I think it's just like practicing. It's sort of, it's like practice. But yeah, no, but being able to like, to cope with the ego death is very, very interesting. It's. Because for some people, they just know how to do it. They know how to. Oh, you mean like the first time? No, no, just in general, like just. They're so over it. They but can every, just do it. Yeah, because I think they've all gone through something bad. But sometimes they like can... You've, you've had, everyone's had like a bad trip. See, so you understand that aspect of how things can go wrong. And I think you just... You, people learn from that experience. I'm sure Maybe. Mac, Mac talked about that too, did he? Yeah. Like he understands a bad trip. Yeah, but and he, and he said it yourself. He said it himself. He's like, every trip is somewhat... He said that there are no good trips. It's the way you cope with it. You know, something like that. He was saying something of that nature, and he's uh, saying when you do a big dose, it's like that's what he's what he means. Like you know, good trips. I don't know. I I I I guess I have to agree because he's done it way more than I only did. It, he, I only he, did it once, he, like you. He so. explained it. He explained it very well. But again, but I, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd want to. I almost feel like I disagree with. I that. don't think I'd want to do a big dose again. I'm gonna do a small dose. I like having it in the background, and I like a little bit of losing control, but not too much. Like kind of like getting drunk. Do you know what I mean? I would only do that if it was something very important. Like I, I just feel like I need to actually. Do you know what I mean? Spiritually, throw myself into the water again. Like if something like, I guess something very bad happens. Do you know what I mean? Like a way to like a ceremony. If that makes sense. That's what Mac. He says he does it for. Spiritual reasons. He doesn't do it all, all the time. Max process is, is I don't want to say it's weird, but it's like oh yeah, when he did the the, the, the <laughs> it's really the breathing. It's kind of no, I, I don't even want to say it's distract. I have a lot of words that come to no, mind. No, no, when he did it, it was kind of freaking me out because he was like, but it's he it was, didn't freak me out, but it's like, what's happening? Why, no, why no, no, you, no, why no, are you doing that? No, he was breathing. <laughs> he was breathing in and out, and he was like this, and he was like the Buddha stance, and I was like, dude, are you okay? Because I felt like first thing, like, dude, this is kind of. I can feel he's okay. He's just doing his own thing. He's got his own process, which is like cool. But it's like distracting for me. But I feel it's like distracting for me. If we were in the daytime, maybe that maybe would have been better. I don't know why. Make I feel like the daytime is. I feel like I wouldn't be as like, like I can't opposed to surrendering myself. And do you think sense. that had like seeing Mac do that had an effect on you? A little bit. It's like. It's hard not to if you're like in the same room while he's doing that, because <laughs> it's right there. You can't like ignore it. 
Maybe he has a very intense way of handling it. He's got this. It looks intense. His process. It is. That's why I I left. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do my thing, and then like stare at him back right there doing that. I'm like, All right, I gotta get out of here. Uh, we, next time we're gonna turn our backs or something like, like just sit sit somewhere comfortable, like in the in the street and go in like in our corners. You know, I could, like in the backyard or something. Get our own little mat, and then you know what I mean. And then eat the ramen and stuff. I just need, yeah. Like you get like a little lot, and you just go to our corners and just kind of do it. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the ideal but and if you had ideal a tr- situation would be like you could get like a your own private pretty lot or yard. Yeah, contained mm-hmm. and yeah. you got enough space. Especially if you don't have neighbors. It's, it's a sunny day. Yeah, that would be perfect. And it's kind of warm. It's warm. Kind of just like chill, be with nature, and have trees. You don't have to be paranoid because you're in your own space and you know you're it, safe. A, a lot of it had to do with that area. It, it was an ugly loft. It, I really do believe that affected it. It was just so uncomfortable, man. I, I, the, the ground was hard. I couldn't. It's not like you just have like, you don't have pillows and stuff. Like it was. If just, you can't be comfortable, it was too minimalist and and, and not in a good way. As in like. It, it's it's it was hipster. It's a very hipster spot. I didn't like it. Like exposed brick. It's it's very cold. If, and and it felt like it was a prison. It felt like anti home. Yeah, it felt prison. There was like no like I couldn't even open the window. I was like, dude, I want air. That's why I, I think maybe I wanted to go out because I, I felt like I needed air because it felt too um, stuffy. I don't like that. If we had done it here, it's like hey, it's also it's familiar. Like I think it wouldn't be as weird, you know. Yeah, could have worked. Okay, let's go to the next one. What are we on? Number three, Socrates gone. Socrates gone mad. God, you know what that is? That's um the episode of Diogenes. It it mm. it went up there pretty well. I mean, essentially, and the title says it itself: Socrates gone mad. Like it's as if Socrates became crazy. That's little. That's what apparently uh, Plato said. We talked a bit about his life, his fictional life, and his historical life. You know, did he deface the currency? What, what, his exile, his um, interactions with like other other philosophers, other people, things like that. Uh, that was pretty much it. It's like a more historical. We were trying to go historical, but also have our own like modern interpretation of his ideas. It was very interesting. Again, um, it was very, very long. If we had, if I were, if I were able to condense it, that's when we first began the podcast. If I were able to do it again, I would condense it, have a lot more sources, and it'd be a lot better. You know, that um, that's the the thing with this. So it it was like three hours. I swear that episode it was long, and it had a long script because there's so much like archae, you know, archaeological evidence. We're talking about historical evidence. We're talking about the evidence from. Uh, Diogenes, no relation, Laertius and his takes on it, which, by the way, he's shady, as in, like, we don't know if we can actually take everything he says with a... It has to be with a grain of salt, you know? Because a lot of the the writings of Diogenes were, like, hundreds of years later. That's the problem with a lot of this. It could be... If it's 50 years... Dude, if I wrote about somebody, like, a few days later, like, this happens all the time gonna get a lot of stuff wrong mm-hmm. i can't imagine what happens if you write things a hundred years later 50 years later you know like so, like uh, what was the most like the whole lantern thing 
like we don't know if that happened. We can we can maybe, and there's evidence that maybe it didn't happen. Maybe he never was taken by the pirates, you know. And he told, you know, there's so many stories that happen with him. A lot of it is misinformation, disinformation. Like, funny enough, we ta- we we always saw about how that's. I'm not I'm not trying to fact check people and have like so stupid little labels like, this might be disinformation about Diogenes. I don't know. Some of it could be true. Some could some. Again, partially true. Tales of this time. Yeah, that's a huge rant about that. But yeah, no, Diogenes essentially his life. I mean, we had two episodes on Diogenes. You know, how did he affect people? He affected Alexander the Great, his students, the society, philosophy as a whole. Um, was he? What was the historical accuracy of all these claims? These little stories and charades. Did he meet Plato? And did he say, "Oh, you know," when he was holding? A chicken, he said, behold, a man, right? When he was talking about that. We don't, you know, some people in the cynic scholar community, there's not many, by the way, they say they don't think so. Based on certain times and periods, like, again, though, it's, um, they, what, what I always say is Ben Travato. Ben Travato is the phrase, like, plausible. It could have happened. It could have happened. Even if it didn't, it's characteristic of what he would have done. Like, for example, if I end up dying, like, tomorrow or something, and then it's like, you're, you're talking about me, and it's like, oh, you know, Gene would have done this. It's like, maybe I wouldn't have done that. But it's like, but I would have done something similar, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like when peop- it's like when people die and they're like, they're, tell- they're talking about, like, oh, how would he react to this political story or, or this? Like, how would George Carlin talk about this? You know what I- They always do that with George Carlin. It's like, but... We don't know how he would have acted, to be real. We have maybe something that may have been, like, plausible that we would have said, you know? It's like, we, you know what I mean? It's not really concrete. It's just like a maybe. Yeah, certain things you just have to leave It's alone. like alternative history. Because you, at the end of the day, you never know. It's, it's alternative history. It's like, I hey. Mean, you can look at a lot of figures. Even I his- mean, he, he, he died, so you can't really say. But there's a lot of figures who, you go back... 15, 20 years, they were completely different people. Like, the stuff they'll say today that they'll be yeah, for or against. Exactly. It's like, what happened to you almost? Maybe Diogenes, he would have been like, who knows what he would have said. But, I mean, he was very consistent with his principles. That's why I say Brem Travato, as in, he was an extremist. He really took it seriously. So I think for him... Yeah, I think, yeah. For him, that's why it might be different. He would have probably done some f- charades. Yeah. Just knowing him, that's why I say Ben Travato, like it's plausible. But again, at the same time, who knows? If again, if you put him in this, again, also it's like a lot of it's alternative history. Like, you know what I mean by alternative mm-hmm. history? It's like, what if Germany won World War Two? What yeah. would have happened? It's like you can in- entertain the ideas. It's but like ah, there's so many variables. Sometimes discuss it in a way like it's absolutely yes. Like you're so certain. It's like yeah, you're no, just entertaining. Yes, it's really not certain. It's like there's so many variables. You don't know. You know what if. Maybe Diogenes would not react this way because what if one of his students were on the line, you know? what? You know what I mean? Like, maybe he wouldn't follow that creed in that way if one of the people he cared about, you know, if he had a, you know? Yeah. Like, there's so many scenarios. It's like, what if Archduke Ferdinand wasn't shot? Well, probably they still would have caused a revolution in some way, the Serbians, to start World War um, One. Mm. Right? Yeah. Does it? Yeah, okay, they didn't bomb him. Maybe they would have killed him, and if they couldn't kill him, they would probably kill a bunch of civilians, you know, with a bomb. 
or we shoot someone else who's important. Mm-hmm. That would somewhat maybe yeah, start it's that. It's like the assumption that if they would have failed there, that they would have just stopped. Could have still. Yeah, exactly. It's just like also like what if Hitler, you kill them as a baby. It's like, whoa, there's plenty of people who could have been like him too, could have arised. I mean, Mussolini was essentially Italian Hitler. You know, maybe he would have become, nah, I don't think he would have become as powerful, but you know, um, like that's a lot of, that's the thing about it. Okay. Personally, I like to do, that's what I did in the episode. We talked about the historical archeological, archeological Diogenes, like the stuff we do know, the mint did exist. His father did exist. He was exiled, right? He was a philosopher. He did talk about this. He may have had books. Other, other, other characters. Oh, he shit on. You know, he did all these things. Oh, he pissed on the bones. He told Diogenes, "Oh, I'm looking through the bones, and I can't tell the difference. Your father, I can't tell the difference between your father's bone and those of a whore." He may have said that. He, he wasn't a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is such a funny. I love that. Um, that's not based on science. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, yeah, well, actually, it's like he was. Like, I'm sorry, was, I'm sorry. This is disinformation. Was Diogenes a forensic scientist? What did he get his credentials? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so then, um, let's do part. Uh, okay, let's do top two. I mean, that was two. Oh, that was two. <laughs> so we're at num- num- numero uno. Damn, we're really that here. Okay, number one. I can even Genesis and. Moonstricken. Moonstricken. Ay, Dios mío. Yeah, man, that was, I I remember I was trying to, I was procrastinating. I'm like, oh, let's start the podcast, the first episode here. And, and I was like, oh, because we were just trying so hard to, like, get it right. That actually not, trying to get it right was more detrimental because we weren't starting. That, I mean, sometimes the wrong decision is better, better than, than making no decisions. Yeah, because we, that's literally what was happening. We were months trying to craft everything. How long should we talk to talk for? We should practice speaking. We should talk about these topics. We should plan it. You know, we it's just like gotta act. No action is more important. And then I I had insomnia that night. I saw the moon and I'm like thinking about shit. I'm man, but all these ideas that were happening to me, like man, Do you know, they all the. Uh, the arcs I wanted to make, right? The arc, because yeah, and also to add on to that, um, not deciding is deciding. Not deciding is deciding. Yep, exactly. You are making a decision. You're making you. a decision, and it's not a good one because it's like nothing you can learn from. If you fail, you can learn from that. If you don't do anything, you just are stuck in the what if, what if, you know. And it also we wasted a lot of time. Yeah, we we were just we were just too afraid to behave, have mistakes, and like oh, we need to have. You know, this t- amount of time, this amount, you know, type of content, that, you know. Well, some of the planning did help, but at the end of the day, it's all about practice. It really is. Mm-hmm. But and in, anyway, we ended up talking about... Um, I mean, yeah, it was something we'd never done before. So it's like... <laughs> it's like the person who talks so much about... I mean, say, Depends to push your paradox. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're not... Much. You talk about something with academic knowledge, yeah. which is great. But you don't actually have the not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, for example, an engineer who's never actually worked on something with his own hands. He's just kind of just making blueprints. You're fresh out of college, you, like you know nothing. You've studied a lot, you though. Studied a lot, but you actually haven't applied it, and you're ignorant in that sense. You lack the experience. Uh, you're ignorant yeah. in the sense of having no 
wisdom, no not no actual experience. Academics mean I don't want to say nothing. But no, no, I mean they do. They very, do. Very. L- it, okay, this is a very um, contentious subject because it's like if you're a mathematician, you, and you know you're a theoretical physicist, you can't. You can't. You have to work with mathematics to yeah, be able to prove your theories. You can't work with your hands. Yeah, there's exceptions. You can't work with your hands. You. That's literally how that how things are discovered in theoretical physics. I it's can't. all f- f- mathematical models. That's pretty much all academics. <laughs> Yeah, but as what I'm saying is that there's no hands-on work with yeah. like understanding black holes. Like, I mean, you can like take pictures with telescopes, but all of it is math. Mm-hmm. In engineering, you have it depends on the field. It depends. I mean, there's experimental physics where you, but I'm talking about like the 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 super super like theoretical stuff that is you know that that obviously you need schooling. That's important. Like, I mean, business is pretty easy because you can learn everything, but. Like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that experience is important regardless. Even if you're doing theoretical physics, if you're just learning about it, but you don't actually do the equations, you know, you're not doing the equations, you're not making, you're not writing the mathematical mm-hmm. models, you still don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, and, and yeah, and, well, I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but it's like we never talking about Florida. Funny enough, we talked about Florida. We talked about China. And that was a very interesting episode because essentially it was like a travel episode, but we were like kind of hinting at what we wanted to talk about. You know, what are the inspirations for the podcast? Man, Serpens on Lawa 86. I'm going to give you a, a honorary shout out because we, we were thinking about, man, if we had started this in China, we started a podcast or we started our content, man, we, I think by now we would have had something, you know, more tangible. That would have been... Very interesting. No, it would have been yeah. Maybe we would have been more entrepreneurial, and we would have. I maybe I wouldn't have wanted to study programming anymore. I would have been like, nah. I want to just keep doing this. It's like content creation, art, digital media, and yeah, that's crazy. But hey, I I really thank thank for those guys because when I started watching their videos, I was like, I was putting myself in their head and be like, wait a minute, I'm going to China. Why can I? I didn't I didn't think about it until I left China. Why didn't I actually make content? I was there. There was so many cool. I you know I think that was that's why it was number one because I also shared it to so many friends. But it's still number one is very popular. Um, I feel like we could do redo number one, but instead we'll do like an intro to what what this whole like the whole mission statement is. What is the mission statement? What are you gonna hear in this podcast? We can do something like that. Mm-hmm. Not and not essentially a redo, but more like condensed like episode number one, and then I mean that's essentially what we're doing now. But also. What's the mission statement? Like, what what do we want to do with this project? I mean, we want to have fun. We want to inform people and entertain people. But it's like, also, we have, like, kind of a goal, man. We, It's like, some of these ideas, I think some of it are worth spreading. Some of the stuff, especially with watchdogs, so the show, social commentary, especially the stuff with ideology should not define you, that did well. And I think peop, people need to stop being in their echo chambers, stop being in their comfort bubbles, talk to other people. Even if they did disagree with you, that's all. You know, I think that's something that would help polarization. We talked about the American Creed too, um, before then. Yeah, but that was, and then we talked. I talked about Florida. That that was a very interesting. Yeah, Florida, then China, and then um, the ideas of the podcast. Like, what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about Carl Jung. We want to talk about philosophy, cynicism, and the cynical like. All this stuff, a lot of it was kind of laid out in episode one. 
And um, yeah, that's number one, man. That's the top ten. I'm I hoping think the number one was very fitting. Yeah, man. I, I think chi- poetic in itself. We come back full circle to that. That that would be the number one. Inter- I know it's interesting, right? I didn't think. I thought a lot of people weren't gonna like number one. I really didn't. I'm surprised it's still number one somehow, even after all this time. It's close. It's gonna somehow get passed soon, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it might get passed. It will get passed actually. But it's like, hey, um, I'm hoping in the future we can list. There's gonna be a time capsule. We can listen to this episode and be like, hey, remember China back then, man? When we were there, we were doing all this stuff. It was Chinese New Year. Speaking of Chinese New Year, let's end it with Chinese New Year. What's going on? And what do you remember any Chinese New Year where it was really everything starts with China? It's funny enough. <laughs> China is an interesting thing because it's like it's where I guess I grew into who I am now. I think going there and also the, my younger years, but also just like the birth of the podcast in a way, and like maybe even us wanting to. Do something entrepreneurial. Cause it's like, hey, we could have done something there with digital media. We could have been like Terpenza and Lawai. You know, they're going to be like, these guys are, are definitely our fans. It's like, n- I mean, I watched a few episodes, but it's like, I just thought about it because it's just two dudes. We're like them. We're just two dudes talking about China. <laughs> they were, yeah, they, I mean, it would have been cool to do. Collab with them. Did, or collab with them. But, but it's they're like, like cross country adventures is really sick yeah man that's what i would have liked to do china's very interesting because it's so old there's a lot of history there there's a lot of it they're still relevant now uh, unfortunately for different reasons but it's like um yeah full circle china i want to go back to Qingdao one day when i want to see where it began you know where the idea like hey um i guess that was a Probably the best, the best uh, time I had is like you know, for a reason. Not because it was, not really just because it was in China necessarily, but also because it's like that that time I took a risk. I took a risk, and I think mm-hmm. it paid off in a way. Yeah, and it kind of changed mm-hmm. the mentality I had of the world, and myself. Definitely, it could have been similar effect in any country. I think. Hey, exactly. But it was the fact that I took a risk, and I'm like, hey, sometimes you gotta take a risk. You know, I see a lot of people, they don't take risks. You know, they're afraid of even just moving to a different city sometimes. Like, you know, even, you know, I don't want to name names, but it's just like people are, that's another episode, you know, these little bubbles of comfort. Enemy, the comfort is the enemy of, uh, the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. I think J- JFK said that. Mm-hmm. It is. If you want to be free and freedom is the only way you have an opportunity to find out what you, truly makes you happy and fulfilled, then you cannot be somebody who just stays, you know, copes and is a conformist and doesn't want to risk things. Like it's you're you're gonna be unsatisfied with your with your life. I'm sorry, you only live life once. Once, sorry, once. <laughs> you live life. You live life once. It was pretty epic until I said that. You live life. You live life once. It's it's the Spanish accent, you know, the feta. <laughs> Spanish fucking Barcelona accent. Give it an epic speech. Barcelona. No, but it's like you know, it's like MLK was like. <laughs> <laughs> I had a no. Wasn't an epic. Wasn't an epic speech. I had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream. 
Yeah, that is funny, dude. No, you know what's funny is that all this stuff, this inspirational shit, I'm just... None of this is rehearsed, by the way. So, the, hey, maybe he rehearsed it. Because <laughs> he, he it did, down. Yeah, he just got it down. <laughs> do not say dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> do not say dweeb. Do not say freedom. <laughs> freedom! It's like, okay, anyways. Uh, okay, now I'm just totally knocked out. No, but it's like, man, no, just because I guess ever since I came back, it's like... That freedom, that freedom wing. Every time I came back, oh yeah, I was like, "What is that guy again?" Fud, Elmer Fud. I had an yeah, Elmer yeah, Fud yeah. moment. Um, and ever since I came back, dude. Um, yeah, and like I just realized some stuff about people and about life and about society Absolutely. and about the country and about. Absolutely. It was kind of eye opening when I when I went there and when I came back, and I'm like, man, I want that again. You know. If you want to learn to swim, you got to throw yourself in the water, man. You really do. And I'm hoping when we, even when I'm, you know, abroad, when I, or when we moved again to the, you know, if we end up moving to the East Coast again, again, um, that we end up, you know, still continuing the project in some way. And if not, you know, if we can't for whatever reason, you know, you got kids and you got your freaking, not saying you're going to have kids or anything anytime soon, but like. You're too busy with life. Like you, c- we can look at this in the past and like hear what we got to say. You know, Definitely. why? Why you look sad? My son. Why are you talking about my son? I know, right? You didn't <laughs> got a son. I like to do that. <laughs> my. It feels like an epic, f- epic speech from Alexander the Great. My metaphorical son. Alexander the Great. What did he say? Um. Oh, no, it reminds me of uh, Berserk. Guts, will you remember me as a friend? You know? Yeah, I don't know. And too much sentimental shit. But anyway, let's. I think it's like, um, where were we, who was I even going with this? I just got on a like, weird tangent. But it's like, um, nah, man. I, I, yeah, I, again, let's talk about Chinese New Year, man. I mean, it feels like we're dwelling in the past, like, Cause I'm like, man, what if I had stayed? What if I had gone straight to Germany or something after that? It's like, yeah, you just gotta think about what you can do now. Yeah, that's why I learned about st- really coming back is what made me want to learn about stoicism too. I'm like, man, because I felt so much regret not doing that. It was pretty bad. It really had screwed me over. Like I was in the darkest, p- darkest pot ever. It's yeah. And, I mean, and then uh, then I learned about stoicism and it helped me kind of like come back. You know, in a way, I'm like, man, it could have been worse. Choose. It's like, yeah, it could have been worse. And it's like, hey, stop focusing on things you cannot control and start focusing on things you can control. Mm-hmm. And also the political state of the country made me a cynic as in, you know, I want to question things too. So I think if it wasn't for me coming back, I think there was a lot of stuff that wouldn't have developed in me. Maybe it would have become more of a conformist, not a conformist, but more not as sharp-witted mm-hmm. in terms of like, because I think the the... Not saying it would have been dumb or something, but more like, hmm. I don't think it would have had the same values because I think I value a lot of different things now. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, yeah, talk about Chinese New Year, dude. <laughs> Going back to China. What was I going to say about China? I had some thought. And damn, I just. Do you miss China? Well, that's the thing. I had China kind of 
taken away from me. <laughs> Weird to I chose I chose to leave it. But you know what's funny? You ended up coming here and you ended up staying. That's the crazy part. Well, I had no choice. I called I, I called it though. I called it my like, you ain't going anywhere, man. I had no choice. We're gonna become matter. podcasters. Whether you like it or not. Like Yeah, when I when I left China, I came back during the Spring Festival holiday. Ironic. <laughs> Chinese New Year. Um just to visit that it was at the ex- exact same time that COVID was popping off and then everything got shit. It was taken from you. So, <laughs> Jungwoo, yeah. which I mean, if I could have made a clean break, I wouldn't care. Like, I still have so many things I have to stress over to this day because of that. Like my stuff being there where it's just like, ah, oh. that sucks. <sighs> I just want to get back and like handle that. So it's kind of like, I, I but also your business just being cut off. That too. All your friends that you you stopped seeing, you know, all the experiences you had over there. Yeah, I mean, there's so so much. We criticize China. Uh, I don't think we criticize them that much. We criticize the government, not the people. The I people mean, we like the people. We we loved living there. We loved all the stuff that you know how different it was, how exotic, how the foods, the memories, the way we would live. But it's like you know. It's like there's no other place that would have happened, though. I don't think, right? Nowhere. where The problem isn't getting back. The problem is you can't get a visa. They just mm-hmm. stopped issuing them. Oops. So it's like, <laughs> even if there was like a stricter place, they would, I, I'd assume they'd still allow you to get a visa and go back. And it's just like, no. Yeah. And it's shady, of course. You know, after, but you know, we don't have to bring up that kind of stuff. It's like, man, it's a, it's a shame, you know. Yeah. But I still want to go back and. But how, have you experienced Chinese New Year before, though? Like, what's it like that festival? What? Well, not really. I mean, it's a, it's a, is it pretty it's a, big? It's a family holiday. Oh, it's a family holiday. Similarly, like in the north, it's celebrated differently than the south, as far as I understand. You know, like the classic, like dragon dance. I think that's more of a southern tradition. Oh man, that's cool. And they don't have that in the north. They don't have it in the north. Um, Why are they the so big, lame? The biggest thing I could say is dumplings. <laughs> like making dumplings. Man, that's what dumplings are freaking awesome, man. And just a lot of food. What about fireworks? They don't have fireworks or anything. Oh yeah, fireworks is a big one. They'll light on fireworks. But it, does it? Is it feel like lively? Like is it like July Fourth? But it's like oh man, like it's the birth of the not 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 like that, but more like it's like. Oh, there's a lot going on. Like people are doing, st- you know what I mean? Like it feels like a special day. Does it feel like one? Was there ever like a big fireworks show? It's more like from, more. It's more I like isolated. Yeah, lo- you do and it local with your family. Stuff. Oh, okay, I get it. Because when I think of Chinese, like New Year's, I always think, of, man, people are going out, they're drinking, they're partying. It's the New Year. People are gonna live but it they, down. Well, they get both. Oh uh, yeah, they do both. They do both. That's so annoying. That's. I wish we had it. <laughs> so they get the New Year's like we have here, and then they'll do the Chinese New Year, which is more like Christmas. Interesting. Man, that's very wholesome. <laughs> I wish I would have stayed for that at least, man. I wanted. I just want to... One day I want to go back to China or Taiwan, you know? And then, um, yeah, just experience it again. But now, you know what? I'm just going to be in the, um, Eurasia, you know? We'll see what happens, right? The stoicism philosophy will guide me. Any other thoughts, man? 
here's to the to the future, man. Hopefully, Watch Dogs launches. Maybe we even get who knows. Maybe it becomes big enough where we can be, become involved with you know local stuff, local initiatives. You know, be you know trying to be more bipartisan. You know, as much as we are, you know. You know, we say a lot of funny stuff like. Hopefully, there's something serious that comes out of it. You know. Mm. Parabellum. I hope so. Parabellum. 